welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. Welcome, welcome. This is Don, the host of the Breaking Wax Podcast. And before we jump into the episode with Ryan, Card Collector 2, I just want to say I appreciate everyone that listens, shares my podcast, gives me feedback. I'm going to get away from doing the seasons and just do episodes. So even though this is season four, episode one, it's actually episode 40 overall. And uh, I just want to jump on here and say thank you once again. And uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. All right, welcome back to the Break and Wax podcast. This is episode 40. Um, my special guest today is Ryan Johnson, also known as Card Collector 2. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How's uh, You're a busy dude, man. I was like looking at your personal account. That's your personal account, right? The Card Collector 2 and then the shop is the shops. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have links for everything. Like <laughs> you do it all. I don't know how you even have time to do this, but I appreciate you coming on. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, shout out to uh to you for 40 episodes. It's uh it's very cool. I know we talked a little bit offline about, you know, how busy you are and such. So, it's uh it's cool to see 40 episodes. That's uh it's very exciting. So, congratulations to you. Thank you. Um, Thank yeah, you. absolutely. But yeah, just uh doing a lot right now trying to uh really end the year on a high note, right? Especially during a down market. So, um yeah, just focusing on content and the business and whatnot and all sorts of different things right now so so i mean you mentioned the down market so do you think it's down yeah. or is it just correcting yourself to like pre-covid yeah i, don't, I mean I, I don't think we're gonna see pre, like covid numbers ever i mean or for a while like i think some of those numbers are a thing of the past and i don't think that's that's gonna be a thing again um, so I think part of it is a correction, but I also think there's an opportunity on some of the bigger things. Like, do I think some of the big, 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 big pieces will stay where they are? No, I think those are right. Like long-term 25, 30, you know, year assets. I think those are in a, it really in a league of their own, right. I'm not talking necessarily the more modern stuff, but I think some of the bigger, more iconic cards, um, right. I think some of that stuff is a long-term thing that is definitely down, but uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's a correction on some stuff that was definitely run up and was too high. And then I think there's some stuff that is just down because of everything else going on in the world right now. It's not right. like this is, you know, sunshine and rainbows everywhere. Right. No, for sure. Yeah. I, I think it's more of a, just a, like, like we said, the pre COVID. So like I, I've said it a few times on the podcast, my whole theory was just that like, I never knew, like how old are you, Ryan? Uh, twenty nine. Twenty nine. So I, I just turned forty this year, but I, I never knew that men between their mid twenties to fifties, I didn't realize the incredible amount of money they use for sports betting. Yep. So like I I get on Fanduel's or uh, what's the other one, DraftKings, Draft Kings, and I'm yeah. like I'm like uh, maybe twenty dollars on a weekend. Yeah, me too. Me too. Guys are spending thousands a night. Yeah, especially just, on like 14 team parlays. Right. And I just I never I never knew that was a thing. And then, you know, it was like COVID happened, sports stopped, and then it was like all these guys were people were looking for other things to put money into. And that's how we ended up with the eight hundred dollar prism PSA 10 Zions. Um yeah, it's I talk a lot about it. Like, you know, I remember going to it was two years ago. I was in Dallas and made a deal for the rock PSA 10. I gave up a Lucas Silver PSA 10 valued at $8,000 and 
and an Mbappe base prism 10 evaluated at $2,000 wow. for the rock 10. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's kind of crazy looking back on that. That rock card ended up blowing up when like Deshaun posted about it. And I ended up getting out of that and doing pretty well, but it's uh yeah, just kind of crazy looking back at some of that stuff. Like card talk, we were talking the other day, there was a, we in January of 2021, we were in uh, Dallas and we start the, like we're in the episode. We're like, the card market's definitely adjusting. There's a lot of people here that have Luca or Luca prism tens at $1,300, but they're not selling. Maybe that card's worth closer to 1100 or a thousand. And it's crazy looking back on that now. Cause I don't, I mean, what's it do now? 250, 300, 400. Right. I have, I have no idea, but right. A third or a fourth of that price. So it's a, uh, yeah, crazy times. If if they are doing three hundred bucks, that would make me happy because I sold all mine. Like I remember, they were like a hundred dollars all day long. I sold all mine for three hundred bucks and was like completely stoked about it. And I remember the following week they were like eight hundred dollars, and I was like, "What did I do?" Yeah, you know. But yeah. that's I no, but I I mean, I, I said before we started like this isn't for advice, like investment advice. But I I think like. I think now the smart play is like stay away from the base stuff unless you really want to grade it or have it for a PC. Right. And I think if you're going to go down that route of grading stuff, then like make sure it's numbered stuff or like, you know, things of that nature. Not, I wouldn't even, I like me personally, I'm not even going for like silvers or anything like that. I just really, yeah, I've been buying a lot of baseball and a lot of baseball numbered stuff, the Bowman lower number stuff of just prospects. I like that have the potential to be good. Not, I'm just, I'm trying to stay away from the hype personally. Yeah. But you know, we're in different situations. I'm just, uh, this is just hobby and fun for me. You're in the business full time. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't try to get into the hype though. That's, that's where you get burnt, right? Is the market's so volatile and it's, uh, I think if you buy into the hype, by the time you're buying into it, you've already missed the window, right? You typically can, you'll have more luck on the way up before that you get hype if they're if they're being talked about on instagram on a regular basis you've missed the window 100 percent. so yeah i, I don't I, I think the hype is where you get beat so uh to me uh, that's not we don't live in that world as much like we'll buy it and sell it because again that's what we do for a living so i'm not saying i won't transact it but it's definitely not something that we're uh actively going out and trying to buy the you know the hottest quarterbacks in the league at this point Right, so like the last two or three weeks, you guys are not buying Jalen Hurts like everybody on Instagram is, <laughs> is trying to do. Yeah, I mean, if Jalen Hurts walks in and someone's like, hey, I want to sell this, and we can f- see multiple comps in a seven to 10-day period, like I'm not buying it at May comps, right? right. Hurts might be the different example where Hurts might be lower than May, but a lot of stuff, again, we talked about it earlier, the market's down, right? It hasn't gone up in a minute, so Hurts might be up, Tua might be up, Herbert's not up. So I'm not buying a Herbert on a May right. comp. Right. Um, so if we can, we're doing a lot more now with like focusing on like comps from the last like seven to 10 days. I want to see recent sales. I want to see a lot of that kind of stuff because that's consistency. More, yeah. Just more of an updated market, right? Like the market in August was not, it was different than the market in beginning of October, which is different than six weeks later where we're at now. Um, so yeah, like if it comes in, we know people are wanting it. Hertz is definitely a guy we're selling a lot of right now. Like Hertz, Justin Jefferson's a big one, Tua and Waddle. Right. Um, like we're selling those guys. So I'll buy them because everybody seems to ask for them every time we go live on whatnot or in shop. Um, so I'll have them, but I'm not getting on eBay and just scrolling and saying, I need every Jalen 
every Jalen Hurts. Right. I think I think a lot of people, which I think it's going to bite them, is going to try to hold on to somebody and hope that they do. It's like the Joe Bur- the Joey Burrow effect, right? They're hoping that they make it to the Super Bowl and they get X amount of dollars back on their card because they bought it before the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those prices were pretty crazy. Yeah, I, think, to- I think the interesting part of that argument, because while I definitely agree with you, I talked a lot about it on Card Talk, but you know, Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl, right? I would say Matt Stafford's probably a Hall of Famer. I understand he's going to be borderline, but he's put up some really good career statistics. He's got a Super Bowl, um, and his exquisite RPA, like right after the Super Bowl, like earlier this year, was doing like eighteen hundred to two thousand wow. dollars, and that was kind of my argument. Is like. You know, Joe Burrow and TRP is at 99, I think got to like 75K. And it's like, what is the upside? What is the end goal in that conversation when we've seen what an high-end rookie patch auto of a Super Bowl winning quarterback in a modern era with Hall of Fame statistics, we've seen what that does. And this is what it sells for. So it it, it is so wild to see that in a a modern day, like investment, like – with like cards being that value, it, right. to me, that's where I really, really struggle. Is if this is the upside, this is this is a it's a pretty big ask, right? So I think um, I know you. I think you're into sneakers a little bit. I've seen you with the Yeezys on um, <laughs> a little bit, and uh, so like Brandon and I are old yep. school. Bro, Namath, uh, he always comes up every episode. But him and I and uh, Bobby Two Two Chans, we're like old school Nike talk guys, okay. and. Uh, and we and him and I were talking about this the other day. It's kind of the same thing, right? Like where Jordan, when they started making all the retros and people were buying and selling sneakers, that it was the hype, right? So everyone was buying into the hype. There's no upside after that hype. And then with like Jordan and with cards, not that they're making a million Joe Burrow rookie cards, but like there's so many of those sneakers. And then in three years they released those sneakers again. The hype all died down. Like before. If Jordan released black cement threes, I would buy four pairs and I would wear them out. But now I just buy two, maybe, but most of the time now it's like one pair that I really want and I'll wear them because I know in two or three years, another pair is coming out. So it's not a big deal. I'm not going to spend 600 right now on StockX for a pair when I have a pair sitting in my closet. So I think the FOMO piece of that, right. And the, the need, the, the want to be right. Like, Hey, I bought this guy early. I got in on this guy. I bought him. I had his stuff when he blew up and he became successful. I think that need, right. The, the keeping up with the Joneses that I don't want to miss out. I want to be a part of that really plays into that because it, it makes more sense. Like I have people asking me, you know, and I'm grateful for it, right. Because I collect Ohio state. Um, But I, you know, I get offered, I remember getting offered Justin Fields one-on-ones and they're like thousands of dollars. And I'm like, if Fields is great, I'll buy one later and I'll add right. it to my PC and I'll enjoy it. But if he's not good, like these are not going to be, I paid a premium for some Zeke's and some stuff back in the day when Zeke was hot. They're a fraction of that now. Like the, the need to have it right away. And I understand on some of the rarer stuff that may never become available for sale again. And I think that's probably the argument on some of the bigger, bigger pieces. Um, but for me, I just think that, you know, waiting on a lot of that stuff can often uh, play out, right? You may miss on one or two, like Mahomes, if you would have waited, thinking Mahomes' stuff was too high in the beginning, he's clearly worked out okay, and he's really, really good. But there's probably a couple cases, right, where guys were really hot their rookie year that haven't necessarily panned out from where they where they started. Right, so that that's the longevity piece. The These guys have to perform piece too, you know, and, if, yep. and without that, 
we're, we're, like you said, where's the upside go? There's nowhere for it to go. And that's a, that's been my argument with Luca the last couple of years. He's on fire, but like he hasn't won anything. And until yeah. he wins something, it's hard to solidify those prices to me as a collector, you know? Um, yep. But it's just, it's the same thing, like uh, Chumo Kiki. So, like, I'm an Orlando Magic <laughs> fan. I like Chuma. I thought he had great potential. He's coming off of that ACL injury. Yep. I lost the true RPA, uh, NT true RPA, last week for 300 bucks on eBay. I just I forgot about it. it That's was like a wild. B, it was like a BGS9, 300 bucks, And I That's was like, wild. they were like $6,000 or $8,000. Oh, my gosh. Right. That's outrageous. Outrageous. That's insane. I had no idea they were that expensive. And that's and like I saw uh, the horizontal one. I think it was a uh, BGS nine also for like two hundred. I was like, eh, I might just buy it just to have it. But but I also understand that like some of the people that are buying those type of cards, the fifty, seventy five, hundred thousand dollar cards like that, probably have money that. I mean, a lot of those guys have different money. It's not the same as right. some of the stuff I'm buying. Like I don't have that kind of like, hey, I can afford to lose seventy five thousand dollars on this card, like. Some people can, and there are people out there that have different kinds of money. And I think sometimes that gets overlooked in this is that not everybody is an average card collector. Not everybody has, you know, 10, you know, a hundred dollars or $10,000 in liquid cash for like day-to-day car oh, stuff. Yeah. There are some people that have millions of dollars that just don't really care if, if they want it, they want it. So right, I think there's, right. there's a little bit of that in there, but I also think some people will uh, end up getting burned on some of that stuff. I, I mean, you see it more than I do. So I, I collected as a kid. Um, I like to say at some point I discovered girls in sports and I stopped collecting. I always loved sports. Um, and then before COVID, I got back into cards. And uh, Tampa, the collector con, was like the first card show I had been to. It was yeah. it was unbelievable to me. Like the most unassuming person would walk up to my table with $100,000 in cash in their bag and be like, how much for this and that? And I would just be mesmerized like, what is going on at these card shows? Yeah, I think I mean, the only difference now is it's instead of it being, you know, somebody you wouldn't expect, now it's like a 14-year-old kid that's got like an entire Zion yep. case full of like $100,000 in cards and cash. That tripped me out the most was the little kids walking up with like one-on-ones and like, I'm like, where are your, are your parents nearby? Yeah. Like, why are you walking around with that thing out like that? Yeah, I was digging through quarter boxes trying to find some like Patriots and Buckeyes for my PC and my binder and oh. these kids got Zion cases Filled to the brim. I, I'm a grown-ass adult, and I'm still trying to trade up this stuff. You know what I mean? So, like, it just blows my mind. It's incredible. Um, yep. How, how have the card shows been? I haven't, I haven't been to one in a little bit. Um, I think the people, like, I think the people that want to sell have done well. Like, uh, like attendance hasn't felt off. Um, I, like, I went to Dallas, and Dallas was really good. I love the Dallas card show. Um, we're hoping to go to Chicago this weekend. Um, we went, we went to another one relatively recently. Um, I don't even, uh, I don't Did even you go to Chantilly last month. No, that was the same weekend as the F1 race in Austin. And I went there with my wife for our anniversary. Nice. Nice. So yeah, I got to do that instead, but yeah, I mean, attendance has felt good. I definitely think again, I think it comes back to like how bad you want to sell. I think there are people that have cars in showcases that are priced at, three month, six month and 12 month ago comps. And I, that's not, you would know, right. That's not, that's not where right. the market's at. And some people would rather keep them. Like I, 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 I have heard direct quotes that like, I would rather keep this card than sell it for that price. And it's like, not everybody wants it. And I respect that. Um, right. 
it's no, it's no harm for us, but it's, I think that is where it's, are you expecting a rebound? Is this, is we going to, are we going to continue to trickle? Like, where's the card market going to go? Cause I, th- I think there are some people that are definitely holding, expecting it to rebound soon. And some people are selling and getting out now. So it's, it's an interesting market for sure. It's, um, it's definitely not November of 2020, you know, Dallas, it's not March of 2021 Dallas. Like I remember going to those shows and there's, I'll never forget it. There's nothing I've ever experienced. Like it, it was insane. It was bananas. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. I, I always find those, those people at the card shows very confusing <laughs> because number one, everyone has a cell phone in their hand. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just like, I don't like, do you, why are you here? Do you not trying to move? <laughs> like, it's not cheap. Like, no, it's not cheap to be at a show. And then it's like, and then the ones that get me are the ones that are like, no trades. I'm not doing any trades. I'm only here to sell. And I'm like, well, you're, I don't think you're here to sell either. And you don't even realize yeah. that. So. Yeah. There are definitely, there are definitely, uh, you know, museums in within right. a show, right? Where they're, they're museum pieces. They're more to look, not to touch. I mean, the last, the last show I went to, um, do you know Lane? LJK? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah. like, Last year I told Lane, I'm like, you you come over here and tell me what you want. Like, if you're buying from Layton, just tell me what you want. I don't want to see the prices for it. Just give me the total and take whatever you want. Like, <laughs> I don't even care. Just please. I'm here to move stuff. If you want to take it, take it. I'd rather yeah, deal with one person and be done. It's so interesting because, like, that is – that's the – that seems like – I would imagine 20% of people we saw in Dallas were like that. I think there were 30% of people that were a little bit like, yeah, I don't want to lose too much. They were a little bit more like uh, would deal for like packages. And then there are some people that were just like, yeah, no, can't, can't do it. I mean, for me, it's easy because I'm just grading and selling the stuff I bought. Like it's stuff I opened or singles I bought on eBay that I grade. So I'm yeah. like, I'm pretty good on it, you know? So yeah. but you also do it for hobby. Right. I think a lot of the people are like, hey, I spent, you know, $6,000 on this Justin Herbert patch auto at a 10 from Phoenix. That's a PSA 10. It's worth $2,800 now. Are you willing to stomach a, you know, you saw it at 80% of comps, you're down five sixty, twenty two hundred dollars $2,200. You want to sell a card for $2,200, you got six grand in? Not everybody will. Right. But, and then some of those people better be able to just take a complete zero loss then and just lose six grand. I mean, at a certain point, like you have to make a decision to get out yeah. of it and try to move into something yeah. else or. Cause, and I think that's important though. And like, that's one thing. Uh, I, I think, I think it was Mike Kant's MC sports cards that, that told me this, but it's like, if you move it out of it, 2,200, if you do something with a $2,200, it may not happen overnight, but it's not impossible. You get back to right. that six grand. Right. Um, so yeah, it's. I think that's important though. Is I think there are some people that are willing to. Some people are definitely willing to ride it to zero right now, or see if it rebounds right away. And that's a dangerous game. It is, and that uh, you know, and back to Brandon. But like, I got a couple black labels from him of TCG, like Dragon Ball. Um, I can't imagine where else you'd get black labels at this point. I, think I, he, I know you might be the only person I ever see getting black labels, and it's, it's like ridiculous. every day. It's ridiculous. But you know, just talking to him and that his whole thing is he tries to be first with it. You know, so he buys whatever fifty Broly's, grades them all, and then he has ten black labels. He's the first one to sell, and he sees that that. uh the uh, multiplier on it you know what i mean but like even yeah. i was talking to him today i'm like well because he thinks that some of the tcg and i agree with him is going to even explode further next year um especially with the dragon ball and the one piece so i was like you know if i sell the one one piece black label 
where would it, where do you, what should I expect? Because I have no clue. You know, I'm not into CCG like he is. And he was like, well, I was the first one, so I got five grand. He was like, you should get three. Like, 3,500 shouldn't be a problem if you put it on eBay right now. So I'm like, okay. But, you know, it says, there's always something said to be first. Yeah, um, 100%. That's a, I got an argument with a guy on Instagram. He doesn't – this is the weirdest thing to me, too. Is like, <laughs> I don't follow this guy. He doesn't follow me. I don't know where these people come from. But my buddy Bobby, two chins, he has uh, – a game ticket of the first game that Summerall and Madden announced. So it's the first one. It's like their, that's cool. It's like their debut, and yep. uh, it's at Heritage right now. And they estimated it to be worth six thousand. This guy came in my DMs was like, "Why do you think that's worth six thousand? I was like, first of all, it's not my ticket. <laughs> Second of all, I'm not Heritage. I have no idea why you're arguing <laughs> with me." You know, and I was like, I don't see any more tickets on eBay or anywhere else. So there's always something said to be first. I'm like, do you not understand that? And he just couldn't get his mind around it. The internet is an undefeated place for sure. And I I try to be nice. I'm like, please leave me alone. Yeah, it's so wild. Like I've talked about a lot, but like we had a couple pieces of content recently that went like viral on Instagram and YouTube that like one of them was like giving this box to this kid. We We were vlogging. And of course, like one of the comments was, had to have the camera out for that and in my defense oh. we we so like we were like i didn't go into it like you were gonna do this like it wasn't right, stage right. right it was just we vlog every single trade night right. and so i heard that comment and then uh this little kid his name is ian he comes to all our kids trade nights he used to have a mullet like he's the star of kids trade night like everybody comments on youtube like this kid rocks right and he comes up to me he's got this two row box of cars and he's like hey i want to get rid of this please take it and I don't want it at all. I have no use for it. It's like 50 bucks worth of stuff. It just filled with like base cards and top loaders and like, like Chronicles rookies like this. Like just, right. it's not great. There's a couple like local team jerseys and autos, but it's probably like 50, 60 bucks. And I bought like, he's like, I want $110 for this. And I'm like, I, I, <laughs> I can't use this. No, <clears throat> or 120 bucks. And I'm like, and then I saw like another younger kid that was like with his like siblings. They've all they've come to every trade night. They come from like West Virginia when they have baseball games. Wow. And they're they're very, very nice. And I'm like, I'm gonna take this box. I'm like, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it. And I'll just I had a hundred dollar bells. Like, I'll just give it to this kid, right? It'll make his day. So I, I bought he's like, I'll do a hundred and five dollars in an autograph. And we're still filming, and I got it. I'm like, okay, deal, give him the money. And I you know, I took out like one like jersey card for a, like a someone inside. And I took it and I hold it in my hand, right? Give the box to this kid and that's it. And Brian, my videographer, later, this is like two months after this happened, makes this a short. I had no idea, posted it. Again, Brian does a lot of like our short form content and right. I don't even see it. He just posts it. Posted, it blew up. It got like a million views in like the first day. It's at like 9.2 million. Wow. And he, uh, <clears throat> all the comments are like, smoked this kid out of this box like went from like robin hood to like the devil because i <laughs> i stole you know i, I couldn't right, give right. the kid 120 for this box that was worth 50 i had to give him 100 and i gave it to this kid but i took out the good cards like oh. it's just it man the the internet is a unforgiving place it's so dumb though it's just like because if anyone's have seen you at a card show they know you're filming and getting content so it's like and and even if it was staged, who cares? You're still doing something nice. I mean, at the end of the day, like let's not lose sight of like you did. You still did something nice. It's not like you swindled them and staged it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yes, and then you hear the like they're probably brothers. He probably gave him his money back after just mm. for the yeah, it's just it's all about the conspiracy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the world we live in though, right? Like the world we live in is that like, hey, you can't do anything good if you have a camera, you're a bad person, you're only doing it for the attention. Like it's only bad. It can never be like, hey, this guy took a hundred dollars, gave a boxer kit. It can't be that. It it has to be he was doing it for cloud, he was doing it for free followers, he was doing it like he took out the best cars, he ripped off this kid, like so yeah, yeah i don't i don't get definitely it definitely different what's wrong with like just doing it for awareness you know that's the one that gets me is when people like do like food giveaways like thanksgiving's next weekend right so you're gonna see a million videos of people that are like giving out free meals to the homeless yeah. and stuff like what's wrong with that like why are people have to attack that you know like yeah i like if i donated or organized something i would want to film it and put the video out too like holy cow like yeah i don't i don't do it like I'm not upset that the video was made, right? Like it, right. it was a good piece of content. And I, if it inspires somebody else to give back to a kid, cool. I, I, you know, feel bad that somebody thinks that we would do it intentionally or to script it. Like I'm really like the type of person, like I like to please everybody. Like I don't like people to think we did it for the wrong reasons. So that stinks, but just kind of the nature of the business. You're just not going to please everybody. And there are just going to be people out there that no matter what you do and how you do it and why you do it, it, it doesn't doesn't make a difference it will never make a difference to them they're they right. always have their agenda and just kind of is what it is yeah plus I, th- I feel like if you're like not doing something for the kids and why are you even in the hobby like you can't just always all be about the money yeah and i mean you gotta, you gotta have somebody to pass it on to right 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 i mean especially with the hobby i mean the hobby's definitely corrected a lot and come down a lot in price since you know the march 2021 luca tens at a thousand bucks but um you know, the hobby was really expensive then, and it still does have expensive price points on it. And, and you know, it, it's hard for kids to enter the hobby now. Like, again, we talked about it earlier, but like when I was entering the hobby, I was looking for quarter cards to fill my binders and right. my pages. Like right. that was what we did. Now it's all like, you know, these kids are seeing some of their friends have really, really nice stuff. And you know, not everybody can afford that. That's just, it's, it's unlikely. So it's, uh, it's definitely a lot more expensive and I don't think it's, I think it's important to have the next generation in the hobby or, or it's just, it's just going to be you and I forever. I, I, uh, I would like to see box prices come back down. They're like, they're coming down. Yeah. I was gonna say they have, I mean, I will tell you, like I, again, I see it on a daily basis, but like we sell a lot of boxes right now at map pricing. So like map pricing is what Panini released a few years ago. Like when the market was not good in 2013 um 2013 2014 like when box prices were rough panini introduced maps map pricing to prevent people from selling below that and just racing to the bottom so they had like a map pricing like you had to sell this price online um so there are products that come out now chronicles draft picks um chronicles draft picks in both sports is definitely one of them i want to say select draft picks football it's not everything, but there are a lot of products now that are much cheaper and at right. the prices Panini recommends they be at. So I it, I think a lot of it's based on the class. Like 2022 football is not 2021, nor will it be 2023. I think those are much better quarterback classes. But I think there are definitely – I mean, you can go to Target, Walmart, Meyer now and find retail again. Like, right. I think the hobby is definitely making adjustments from where it was. Those retail prices are kind of high. I think that's part of the problem is like Panini took – Panini Tops took the resellers out of it, which is fine. At least there's yep. stuff there for people. But, man, I, I think I bought – 
FOTL immaculate for like three, it was 350 or 500 before everything went crazy. I would like to see those prices again. I don't, yeah. really, I don't know if they'll ever come back. I have some back. receipts. Like I had ended up getting like 28 boxes of 1819 prism FOTL basketball at like 150 or 180 wow. to $80 a box. Did you keep any? So I had kept a bunch of FOTL products. I had 1819 FOTL or 18 FOTL, NT football. I had the Prism FOTL basketball with Luca. Um, I had a bunch of that stuff going into my shop when I bought it in 2019. Because um, it was right after I had the Luca NT from FOTL. Um, and when I had them in my shop, I had them in this like nice showcase. And I just noticed very early on that nobody was walking in buying six, seven, eight hundred dollar boxes or thousand dollar boxes. And it made more sense to sell that stuff to buy 50. 80 120 boxes to right. appeal to more people it's it's kind of like the, the cards thing we talked about earlier like i'm not looking to create a museum while it's cool to own those cool big nice cards like it's cool to have that stuff especially because i didn't have it when i was a kid right right it, it's not always like that's not what people walk into grove city ohio and buy they don't buy thousand two thousand dollar boxes as much they buy 150, 120, 180, 90. Like that's the price point. So yeah, I sold it's someone's a, birthday and they come in and yeah, I sold a lot of that stuff. And I have, I have kept two of them since that time. I have two 1819 optic first off the line basketball boxes. Wow. I turned down a hundred dollars a piece in that same deal. Like that was because I think people forget, like there was a time Luca prism retail boxes which retail msrp is 72 dollars. you could buy those for less than retail like right. no like prism wasn't a big deal right like it wasn't what it is now so there was a time that that was there and yeah no like couldn't couldn't get more than 100 bucks from i was like eh, i'll just keep these i'll sell my prism and i kept those and still have those why why is prism like what, what do you think why is it the like go-to that's a good question yeah, that's a good question. I think it's just one of those things that just got made that way, and that just the market adjusted it early, and it just hasn't hasn't changed. I mean, first year prison basketball is probably one of the most iconic modern day basketball sets. It, I mean, that was really the hey, chrome, gold, shiny, finest refractors. Like this, that was right. like the the new shiny thing at the time. Because um, I mean, what I think it was like three years since Topps Chrome basketball at the time. Because I think eight, eight, 2008, 2009, what Derrick Rose is the last year of Topps Chrome basketball. And then they put Topps Chrome in Topps basketball with Curry's year in 2009, 2010. Right. And then it went away. Um, so maybe that's why it was just the first back to market at that time. But mm. yeah, it's, I mean, I think if you ask most people, most people would rather have the on, especially in football, like the on card autos and optic are mm -hmm. nicer than most of the prism sticker autos. Sticker but, autos yeah. but the market, I market doesn't say that. I, I hate what Panini's done with Select. Really? I, I hear that I, a lot though, just because of the you talk about because of the retail. Oh, yeah, because all the retail, yeah. and then like you know the the year with uh, Herbert and them, I felt like every blaster box had a silver Herbert, and it was crazy. Um, yeah, it, it is. What it, the tie dyes are my favorite pair. Yeah, sure. I like cracked dice. Yeah, those are nice too. Yeah, as a college guy, I prefer contenders draft picks, cracked dice, but they got rid of contenders draft picks this year, so. So. Um, Next year's quarterback class, who do you think is going to be number one pick? Uh, CJ Stroud. Do you? Yeah, I feel pretty confident in that too. 
I mean, I, I think you're, I think you're going to see him in Indianapolis report. He, he's going to measure four inches taller than Bryce Young, and they're just going to be like, yeah, I mean, you're going to see him throw. You're going to see him go through measures, uh, measurables, tangibles, whatever. And yeah, you're going to be like, yeah, this dude's the real deal. He's good. I, so I, I didn't tell you this before. I'm a huge Florida Gators fan, so I have a special hate in my heart for Ohio State, but that's all right. <laughs> um, I, I hope. I pray that Anthony Richardson stays another year. The hype train is building already, and I don't know why, because his actual quarterback play has not been great. Yeah, he started uh, out the year. He was the hottest thing under the sun. Like, two uh, games in, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I mean, that's just because, again, it's the hype, right? The uh, Like, if he goes to the combine, he'll blow it out of the water. Like Really? Oh, he's got a uh, – he'll be Jamarcus Russell 2.0. <laughs> Like no, like except for he's super athletic, fast. He can he can do it all from that standpoint. He still needs some work in the quarterback room though. So I hope he stays. I think if he stays, he'll be the number one pick the next year. But uh, really, the latest mock draft had him going number three, which is crazy to me. So yeah, I mean I'll see ones that have Young going one and Will Levis going two. I just don't see that. I I think you will see a couple. I definitely think it'll be a, a QB heavy. Uh, at the top, like I think there will be multiple QBs in the top ten, but right. you're going to have some big, big names in this draft. Like you know, the kid from Brian Breesy from Clemson. You'll have Will Anderson from Bama. You'll have the offensive tackle from Northwestern. Ohio State has a first round uh, offensive tackle. Like I just think there's some big, big names yeah. in this in this class. Like I, I think 2023 is going to be loaded. I just think the problem with the quarterbacks is that it seems like the last couple of years more more than not as the scrutiny that goes into them has been so heavy. It's almost like they get fatigue. Those franchises get fatigue and then you'll see guys slip or go maybe not where they're supposed to go. I mean, Herbert was like going to be the number one pick for three years. And then he decided not to come out and then came out and wasn't the number one pick. So yep. just, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I haven't watched your boy too much this year. I try mm-hmm. not to, but when you guys play Michigan, I'll probably watch it because we're playing FSU and, and we're actually playing on a Friday this year, so the Friday that week. Yeah, that's a big Friday. Yeah. What a so I you know I should have asked you from the beginning. So how'd you get into cards? Is this something you've always done as a kid? Yeah, I've done cards really since I can remember. It started with Pokemon back in like third grade. So this is like late nineties, uh, early two thousands. I uh, was collecting Pokemon. My cousin collected Yu Gi Oh. So I was kind of a lot of in the TCG type stuff. And then they got banned from school because kids were stealing them. So I wasn't allowed to bring them. But one of the kids I was hanging out with, like, I remember ripping 2001 Rookies and Stars with him. His grandparents bought him a bunch of boxes. Well, right around that same time, Donnie Nicky, who's like my day one PC. His mom was my art teacher. Donnie went to the same high school as I did. Graduated. Won a national championship in 2002 against the U for Ohio State. Went on to play in the NFL for a bunch of years. So in 2002, I would have been in fourth grade and they had like 2002, 2003 Sage hit football. Sage and Sage hit football are the only two products Donnie Nicky's in. He's got cards in his Ohio State uniform. There's only two products he's in. And I remember ripping packs, like finding those packs at like a, like a, like a, think of a fanatics store. they called it like cardboard heroes your buckeye gear your Bengals gear your browns gear your window klingons your your packs of cards like all overpriced stuff and uh i remember sitting in the parking lot in that mall ripping packs of sage hit you got one hit per pack in this box 
looking for Donnie Nicky. And I remember hitting up Brad Banks jersey card. It was a quarterback from Iowa that year, number seven. I remember hitting that and then hitting a Donnie rookie, and it was just like a big deal. And to see somebody that was from my hometown, right? I graduated with 137 people. Right. Somebody like that go on to play in the NFL. It's just as a young kid, it was cool. And I could see his cards and I could collect that stuff. So it took a few years off in between, like collected Donnie, but I was like, you know, seven, eight, nine, like wasn't doing much. And then in 2006, I would have been seventh grade. I think I got a, I got access to the internet. I got a cell phone. So I got really big on like uh blowout. I got on like okay. all the online forums. So I was on like Beckett marketplace. I was on sports right. forum back in the day. Um, I was on, I was on anywhere you could trade cards online. I was watching people on YouTube. Um, and a lot of that, like, I got really big on blowout when like blowout was big pre-social media, like a thousand feedback on there. I, I spent a lot of time on blowout. I was so into cards. Come home, buy, sell, trade, come home, buy, sell, trade. Right. Well, in photo bucket, that's what you used to use back in the day when you post your pictures. Yeah, right, right. So you'd, I'd come home, I'd scan my cards, I'd upload them to photo bucket and I'd post the photo bucket in my like bio on right. blowout where people could click on it and see like, Hey, you've got this. Do you want to make a trade? Right. Well, when photo bucket started to charge money in 2013, I'm just a young kid. I'm hustling, right? I'm 2013. I'm 19, 20 years old. I'm like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to spend five, 10 bucks a month paying for this. That's ridiculous. There's gotta be a free place. Well, then uh, that led me to Instagram and I was like, Hey, I can just post this for free and I'll just post that link in my bio. Nice. So yeah, I've been in cards. I mean, full time, like nonstop, no, like no time off since 2006. Wow. And it's, so the shop, are you the sole owner of the shop or mm-hmm. do you have partners? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So you just absorbed all that information on those early forums and turned yeah, it into I all mean, of this. That like, it's funny because we got a, we got a, we got an email today from like, we've been buying like eight to $40 cards. We've had a lot of success selling that stuff to a lot of collectors. Um, so we've been looking for like that price point and Brian, who's kind of one of my right hand guys, uh, this customer sent us this video of like him flipping through cards and it's a lot of like random stuff. And I'm sitting there and like, he's flipping through these cards pretty quickly. And it's like Michael Agnew contenders from 2012. And it's like Daniel Thomas, 2011 tops finest rookie. And like, I, I remember growing up on these cards. I mean, I was, I have not taken time off since 2006. Like it's right. all, this is all I've ever known. I'm right. I, I'm so passionate about this. And I'm sitting there and he's flipping through them real quick. And I'm like, naming that card, naming that card, naming that card. He's like, what is wrong with you? And it's like, I love it more right. than you you could ever know. It's, I, I enjoy it so much. No, I think it's awesome. And I think if people see you at card shows, they'll see you flipping through the boxes and looking at cards, which I think is amazing. Um, man, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. So when Slab Exchange is up and running, maybe we should do a video with you, and you yes, could be like, and you could be the first trade that gets done on Slab Exchange. I don't like, know who you trade with. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. That's true. I I haven't done a lot of uh, a lot of trades on the internet. Right, it's like it's hard to keep up with their DMs. Right, you you could probably attest to that. Um, I don't I don't do the best job of keeping up with DMs just because the volume and it's not what I spend a lot of my time right. doing. Um, so yeah, it's hard to trade on the internet anymore. So yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll check it out. 
Yeah, that would be cool. We should set that up for sure. I don't know the logistics of it. You'd probably be better at setting that up than me, but we'll figure it out. I think it would be cool. Is that something you'd be down to do? Yeah, I'm always down to try a trade. That's cool. Um, I haven't done it in a minute, so it would be good good practice. It's well, And I think that's why the app's going to be so good because like right now it's like you either hope that the person is a good person and yeah. they send the card – um, or you say like, I'm not sending unless you send. And they're like, well, why do I need to send first? You know, and it's like this whole debacle, but the internet has done great things. And I think this will bring even more people together to be able to do those trades all over the place. But, That's uh, awesome. man, well, oh, so the whatnot thing. So how do, are you, so are you like sponsored by whatnot or just you do that much volume on the show? So they, yeah, so I, I definitely, you? yeah, so I, we, we, uh, We've been exclusive on whatnot since like last March. So we do st- like uh, we're only selling there. Um, so we sell on there a few times a week. And then we have um, we do we produce a certain certain number of content pieces uh, in partnership with whatnot each year. So, oh, OK, yeah. so you guys don't sell on any other platform now. Uh, we sell we sell on eBay. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. We do okay. some stuff cool. on eBay. But at this point, with how much volume we do on whatnot, um, it's rare a card starts on anywhere other than whatnot. It would be most likely put up for sale on whatnot first, uh, unless it's like super niche. Like I ripped a couple cases of like that leaf decision stuff. It's got like Trump, Biden, AOC, Pelosi, Kanye, Herschel Walker, right? Very divisive people. So it's not stuff I'm like, hey, whatnot, buy all this stuff. Um, I just prefer that it kind of low key that and just auction that on eBay. Um, but for the most part, yeah, if, if we get something in, it, it starts on whatnot. And then if we don't have success moving it on there, then it just becomes a, a eBay type place outside of the shop. The shop's really the only one thing. Like if you brought us a Joe Burrow Jersey or a patch card, it would go in shop 99% okay. of the time. So is there different, so do you have like different strategies laid out for like your eBay store and whatnot? And then of course, like I know we talked about it earlier offline, but like for the shop, it's more like local stuff, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, do I have it written out in paper? No, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the hardest part and that's why like it's stressful, right? I, this is, this beats eight to five. So it's not really stress because I love it to death. Um, but that's the hard part is like we, we, I want to try to keep as many places stocked with inventory, especially new inventory as possible. Like we do sell a ton of singles. Like we're not Burbank. I'll never be Burbank. Rob and his team do an amazing job and they've built this incredible online database and local like retail store. It's insane. Um, but we sell a lot of inventory. So it's like stocking the shop in the showcases, stocking the value boxes having fresh inventory for whatnot, buy it nows and auctions, having stuff for eBay buy it nows and auctions. It's having stuff to grade, having stuff to that I collect. Like um, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of stuff, but yeah, at this point it's a pretty well-oiled machine on, Hey, where's this going? Where's this going? Where's this going? Some of it's based on if we're in it, right. Some of it's based on if I believe in it and right. you know, do I want to get out of this player or this player before they play again? Do am is it seasonal? Is it a great, like a lot of our decisions are based on those things. So how many, how many people are in the card collector to uh, family? Like how many people are there doing this with you? Like how many, like what's yeah. your team, what's team like? I know you said you had a video editor. Is that the same person that films? Yeah. So Brian does all that stuff. So Brian's, 
He's he's only 22, 20 as well. So young and uh, hardworking for sure. Um, so then I got I've got I want to say six. Hold on, I got to count six or seven full time, three two part time. We just hired a third part time today. Wow. So yeah, up to nine. You have one shop or two? One. One. Okay. Yeah, what, what's a couldn't imagine two. Oh, okay. I thought I saw somewhere you were opening a second one. Or, no. Or, no, I missed. What's the plan with the shop? You're happy where it's at or yeah, the shop is not meant to be for us. We don't view the shop as like the next billion dollar idea, right? It's for us, it's uh being involved in the local community. My wife grew up in Grove City, my wife went to you know high school there. Um, so for us, it's a big deal to be there. Um, and we run our toy drive within the local community. Like I went to a card start a card shop there before, you know, I bought the one I ended up going to, I was there for seven years. My grandma lives not far from there. Like that's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's a big part of our life. Um, but again, it's not meant to be the biggest, the biggest thing. So we, we're ingrained in the local community. We we run events with like trade nights and kids trade nights, the toy drive. Like, so we run that stuff. And then it's a place, it's a destination, right? Like we, I want people to see the content and be like, hey, I want to visit this card shop one day. This looks really, really cool. That means something to me. Like last weekend, I was in shop for a little while. I had to meet a customer that was driving down from Cleveland. One kid was in town from Toledo, another one was in town from Chicago, and they're like, "Hey, we drove out here, we were in town for this, and we had to stop by your store." And that—that that to me is the coolest thing in the world. I never set out to build that. That was never when I started doing this. I didn't set out to build that, um, but I've got some good people that you know have made a lot of this possible and have uh, helped me build this over the last couple of years. And it's—it's it's just cool to see what it turned turned into. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely building a legacy, right? I mean, you kind of like took it from the forums to the social media, right, with Instagram. And then how long have you been doing all the other content, the YouTube videos and the podcast and stuff? Yeah, I got into – so I hired Brian full-time in March March or May of 2021, so like 18 months ago. Um, so we've been doing full-time video for almost two years. And then before that, I did a couple one-off pieces. Um, there's a guy on Instagram. Uh, his Instagram's like Varsky Cards. Mm-hmm. He's got a couple. Like I'm, um, his, uh, his name's Var. He uh, he's into cards. Um, he's also a photographer for like the NFL. So like, cool guy. Met him through cards. He was the first person that ever filmed like a vlog for us. It was like uh, vlog style at the National in 2019 in Chicago. Um, and that really opened up our eyes to like, hey, this is this could be something. Right. So we tried that again in Dallas. Um, shortly, uh, you know, a year later, we did it at the National again. We did it. We took a couple trips to buy a collection. We filmed that. So like, we did a couple one-off pieces. And then I was like, hey, I think I think this could be something. Right. And and then I hired somebody to film the process of buying and building the card shop of from the day I signed it, I signed it the day before my birthday in 2020 and we opened it five months later and I wanted to have somebody document and create a docu like series about like what that was like, how we designed the floors, what we put on the product on the shelves, like who was involved. Like I wanted to show that process and uh, we did that. And then once that like took off and got like, 
for us, it was like 25,000 views on a video. Like that was a right. lot. We're like, Hey, this, this might, this might lead to something. And then that led to hiring Brian and we've been so doing that, it for about So that months. video of the shop, is it, um, does it like go from start to finish? Like, do you talk about like how you started it in cards or is it just like, this is where we're at and this is what we're doing with the shop? Yeah. It's more of a, Hey, we have a shop. We're opening. We're going to move across the street. We're going to build this shop. Here's what it's like to build a card store and here's what's going into it. It wasn't meant to be like an interview for like me and like my right. journey. Um, the episode four, he asked me some questions. That's the last episode. He asked some questions about like, what's this like? What's this mean? Um, you know, what's your vision? Like stuff like that. So that it was a little bit more like direct personal questions there. Um, but that wasn't meant to be necessarily the, the, the point of it. It was a lot of like, how do you, how do you open a card store? Yeah, man. If you haven't, you should do that though. You should do like an episode from like start to finish and just kind of show like the forums and then like kind of walking through some of your older videos to where you're at now and what you're doing. I think that'd be really cool. That would be a cool piece. Yeah. I like it. Um, I've never thought about that. I don't want to, it's great. What I, <laughs> I'm very, you, you'll notice this. I, uh, I don't enjoy criticism as much. So I don't, I I've thought a lot about like some of our, like, I love to check and see like how far we've come. Like, I think right. that's important and I enjoy that, but I struggle with the idea that if I do something like that, somebody will, uh, take it as like, a wow, pompous or something like that. So yeah, I struggle well, with, I struggle yeah, with some of that yeah. stuff. You, I mean, it comes with the territory, right? Like, sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that stuff. I think it's something to be cool to look back on someday, too. You know, like I don't know if you and your wife want to have kids or what the deal is, but it would still be cool. Like, while you can do it, and then you're in the middle of doing it, that'd be a yeah. cool video or a segment to have to look back on someday. Like, look how it started, look where we are, and, and where I think that's in the future. So, I think that's really why I started the content in the first place. Because, you know, I went to my first national in Cleveland in 2009, and I tell this story a lot, but, like, I went there. I borrowed $300 from my grandma. <laughs> nice. Yep, $300 from my shout grandma. Shout out to grandma. Yeah, shout out to Grams. Um, but I borrowed $300 from my grandma. And I haven't missed a national since, right? It's it's such a big part of my life. And uh, going that whole entire time, right, 300 bucks. I did a box war. And I don't have any pictures. I don't have any videos from that. And I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I could show you what that was like in my life at that time. I wish I could show myself that, like what I was doing and how I went from 300 borrowed dollars to it. Like we built a very, very cool business, a cool plan. Like I, I feel really great about what we've been able to build in that time period. And I would love to be able to show you here to here, but instead I can only show you from here to here. And Right. So it's cool to be able to document, right? Because even if you go back 2019, when I started putting out my first, some of my first videos, it's, you know, I have pictures from the national in 2016 when I like some of my pickups of the days, like a Robert Turbin Chrome patch auto, nice. and a Gary Payton patch auto, and like a numbered Sean Taylor out of a hundred. And it's like $250 of the stuff. And I'm like, that's like, it's cool to see where we're at. So I think that's why I like documenting so much is, one day I'll look back and be like, man, this is, we built something incredible and this is how we did it. And I have the entire thing documented. No, I, I think it's important. Um, as, as much as like, you don't want to read or see the stuff that people are hating on you. Right. 
there's I, I bet there's 10 times the amount of people that want to see it and want to know how you did it and then they want to do it you know what i mean so like um like I, we mentioned i'm in the military so like yeah. i was in i was enlisted first and then eventually i went to ocs officer candidate school so i'm an officer now and like i'm at the training center now and it's like all super junior enlisted and i i go to every single classroom and I talked to them about my experiences and how I got to where I'm at today, because there is some that maybe they want to be an officer someday or they want to be a chief. And I always like to tell them and I always end it with like I tell them my entire career, how I joined the Coast Guard young, got married young, <clears throat> had kids young with no degree. You know, I finished my degree. I finished my MBA. I'm an officer and all these other things I've done. And at the end, I'm always like when I was at a school, you know, there's 24 people in my A school class. I'm like, how what? rank do you think I was out of the 24 people? And they're always like number one or last place or yeah. top three. You know, I'm like, no, I was 22 out of 24. I still have the certificate. I graduated that first technical school, 22 out of 24. And I'm like, if you just, I just try to tell people like if they work hard, they have a dream or a goal, you might not get there overnight. There's always steps to it, but eventually you'll get there. So without a doubt, there's always a few that always come up to me and they're like, how do I do what you did? Or like, how do I apply for OCS? And I always tell them, I'm like, I'm always available. You don't have to schedule a meeting with me. If my, you know, at work, we have like, a, it says like, if you're on or if you're away or you're in a meeting and I'm yeah, like, if, yeah. if, I'm like, if you see my bubbles green, call me, I don't care what time it is or when it is, call me. I don't care. You don't have to email me and ask permission or anything ridiculous. Just call me. So that's I think awesome. that's what, and that's what I was saying. That's why I think it's important, you know? Um, I mean, I would say you're probably the most popular account on Instagram. I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know if anyone's done a ranking, but you definitely have, <laughs> you definitely have a large following, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of kids that come with that. So. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to, like I said, it would be cool for me to see and show my kids one day, but it's also cool. Like you said, like, you know, inspiring the next generation like i didn't have again like we you go back like content wasn't a thing i didn't have like the card collector 2 or sports card investor or any of these other con like mojo or rob i didn't have any content creator to look up right, to like right. it wasn't a thing I, it, card collecting wasn't a career goal i mean right. some parents might argue it's not now but like i didn't have that so i i think it's cool to like i love to inspire the next generation like the young card collector who's uh who sees it as like, hey man, I want to be just like you, like that that I'm in I'm in on that. Like that's right. That means a lot. So it's very cool, very humbling. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I had something I wanted to say and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> it happens sometimes. Um, yeah. Well, gosh, I mean, we've been on for about an hour. I'm trying to think. Did we miss anything? Is there anything we should? Oh, so. National championship, right? Your big Ohio State guy. You think it's going to be? I think it's going to be Ohio State and Georgia, um, but I, I unfortunately don't think Ohio State has a chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean Ohio State is 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 good, and I would love to say they're better in, in a dome. Um, they won't be in a dome if they play in the national championship because I think it's in LA this year. Um, yeah, I mean, the, like I told my wife, tell my buddy, is like it's a good thing I'm as busy as I am now on a day to day to keep my mind off of it because the right. game just after Thanksgiving in Columbus, Ohio against the team up North when it'll be two versus three knock on wood, hopefully. And when it's two versus three in Columbus, everything we played for all season will come down to that game. Right. Right. 
If Stroud beats Maryland this weekend and beats Michigan, he'll likely win the Heisman Trophy. He'll be undefeated. He'll have multiple top 25 wins. He'll he'll likely win the Heisman. Right. You would play for a Big Ten title. You would win a national. You'd have a shot to play for a national championship. Like you'd have all of your goals still on the line. Right. But just like last year, if you lose, no Heisman Trophy for Stroud, no Big Ten title for this for Stroud, and likely no playoff for Ohio State. And right. it just. I guess you wouldn't want to have it any other way, but it, it, it'll it mean a lot next week. And it's just, I don't know if I could tell you how nervous I am. Are you going that. to the game? Yeah, yeah. I bought, yeah, I ended up buying field passes and tickets at a charity auction earlier this year. Nice. So I will be on the field and Watching. yeah, just, just sitting there just talking mad smack. <laughs> So I'll try to get a player ejected or something. I mean, it's just crazy how the whole playoff thing works. Um, I know nobody wants to see two SEC schools in there. Oh, there's but, definitely going to be two SEC schools for sure. hundred percent. Tennessee uh, and Georgia for sure. Just always. I don't see any way, way Georgia doesn't get in. I, or Tennessee doesn't get in. I don't see sure. any way. The only way Tennessee doesn't get in, I think is if LSU beats Georgia, you have LSU get in, you have Georgia get in Ohio state, Michigan winner get in and then it'll come down to somebody else. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think LSU is going to beat Georgia. I just, no, I, I don't either. I think just, Georgia's the best team in the country right now. They're so dominant. It's crazy. Um, yeah, they look good. I, w- I would like to see a good football game. Um, I'm an SEC homer, obviously, because I'm a Gators Yeah, fan. that's, see, that's so weird to me. Like you like Florida, but you're like, yeah, we're not any good. So let me just root for the SEC. But like, that's, that's like everybody in the SEC. I'm like, oh, I, think it's good. I don't give, I don't give, a hoot about anybody else. Like I want Michigan <laughs> right. to lose every game. Like I don't want right, to right, win right. any Penn State. No thanks. Like you can I, close the program. I don't care. You know what it is. I think for SEC fans, it's uh, it's like how they justify the losing season because it's like that's oh, exactly what it is. It's like well, <laughs> Van, I'm a Vandy fan, but we lost Alabama and they're the national champ. So go SEC. Right, right, like, right, right, right. Nah, so. that's that's not, not my thing. <laughs> All right. Well. Mm. Then I'll be rooting for Ohio State. Oh, I can't stand Michigan, so I can't stand them either. But that's that's a long story. But uh, God, yeah, it, it's at Ohio State or it's at Michigan. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Oh, that's gonna be tough then. God, man, I'm so nervous. God, there's nothing like a college football game though. No, no, I've yeah, I've gone to my fair share of Ohio State football games over the years, and they're I I would rather be at Ohio State, Michigan than at the national for sure. It's not even close. Yeah. Did you did you go to Ohio State or you just mm-hmm. yeah? I'm you, oh, nice. Yeah, nice. I was there when Ohio State won the first CFP. Nice. I had class with Zeke twice. Oh, really? Yeah. He went to class, so that's impressive. Yeah, they had somebody that checked on him. It's a good thing he went to class, man. He was a class clown. He's a he's a different he's a different animal. He's a different character. I mean, he's odd. Yeah. Uh, those guys. I'm glad they sent finally did the NIL thing. I think the transfer transfer portal thing is brutal. Um, the NIL thing, I think it's like, I mean, the guys have been getting paid for years, so I'm glad now they can do it. Legally. Yeah, it's actually cool because I think it gives stuff like us, uh, like we just had our fifth fifth Buckeye in this season on Monday. Nice. Um, so we've had a man. We do like a little segments like boxes with Buckeyes where they come in. We'll rip a box of like Leaf All American, which has a lot of their teammates in it talk about their journey through like the recruiting process, being a Buckeye. Um, they'll sign 15 to 20 things. We'll take a picture and then they'll leave. And it's, I think it's kind of cool because I love Ohio state. I spent a lot of money on season tickets, Ohio state cards. Like it, it means so much to me. Um, 
So it's a big part of my life. So to be able to give those guys a few bucks, make a little, make a little deal, get them in there. It's, it's cool. I, I enjoyed it. So is that, is that through them directly or through their agents? Uh, them directly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's good then. I, the whole NIL thing's fan, fa- fascinating. I mean, so I have a friend, their son played, uh, he signed with FSU for baseball. He's since transferred, but uh, his senior year of high school, he had an agent going into college. And I was like, is that legal now? And they're like, yeah, the whole NIL thing. And I was like, that's insane. Yep. So I just, I think it's, it's got a, I think it can be dangerous that these schools oh, yeah. are, are paying these guys so much money. And like, I mean, you know, at Ohio state, how many five stars never even see the field and they're paying these guys crazy amount of money. Yeah, I mean, Quinn school. Ewers got that, you know, signed that, that deal with that, like, uh, autograph company was like, hey, go to Ohio State, start, and you'll get a million dollars. Like that kid that signed with Tennessee, they, um, what did he get? He got like $14 million in endorsements <laughs> or something, and he's a, a high school senior. Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, though, with the NIL deals and the portal and how that affects because you don't win. Or, like, I mean, you saw it with, uh, I think his name's Braylon Addison, was the, the kid from Pitt. I think he, Got second in the Blitnikov um, behind David Bell, but he uh, was at Pitt, had an awesome year, and went the transfer portal and said, "Who's willing to pay me the most?" USC paid him a lot, and he went out to USC and apparently got got money out there. So I think it's going to be interesting because if you don't go to a big school and you're like, "Hey, if you're willing to pay me, I'll come, I'll come anywhere," it's just it's going to be a lot more of a business and less of a right, like right. recruiting thing, and that. That to me is what I'll miss most about college football is like the recruiting wins on a level playing field where like, again, you say that they're getting paid. I, I think we could all agree that like, I think some guys have definitely gotten paid, but for the most part, you know, they try to keep it, you know, hopefully it's clean. It's probably not, but I'm an optimist here. So I got a lot of uh, friends that have played D1 sports and yeah. Yeah. Trust me. I, we have a customer that had his cousin was a big five-star recruit back in the day, went to Penn state. And I've heard all about the stories. So I'm sure they're all getting paid, but regardless, it's all, it's, it's all varying degrees. You know what sure, I mean? Right? Sure. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. like how nice of a car, how nice of an apartment, how nice of a home, like, yeah. But anyways, but yeah, like the passion tree, the tradition, like right, the, right. it just, I don't know. It's just so different. I, that's why yeah, you don't have to ruin college. that stuff. Right. But that, I don't know if you saw, was it Lindell white, Lindell white, right? There, oh yeah. 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 Did said he had that duffel story? bag. Yeah, like he had a mansion. Thing. He was like, in a, and then I saw Matt Weinert on TikTok actually was like, I did not get the same treatment at USC. And I was like, how is that possible? Yeah, like Matt uh, Lendell White said, yeah, I was at this apartment. I was at my apartment and there was a duffel bag with like, a, I think he said 50 or $150,000 in it. He's I think like, it was 150. Yeah. He's like, I didn't ask questions and yeah. nobody got that bag back. Yeah, just cash. So Jeez. It happens. It happens. Yeah, that's but crazy. It is crazy. Nice. But uh, hey, you know, it's been an hour. I, I appreciate the time. I know you're busy. Um, I hope you come back on another time. Anytime. Uh, and and I'll talk to you a little bit. I'll talk to Brandon and, and see if we can do the slab exchange thing. I think it would be cool content, you know, um, yeah. if, to feature the app and have you on there and do a trade. We got to figure out who you're going to trade with. <laughs> Maybe with Brandon. Maybe you could get a black label from him. Yeah. Re- relive He's your got CCG like days. 40 of them. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Yeah, we'll but have... no, appreciate you having me for sure. Thanks a lot. I'll uh, I'll be rooting for your Buckeyes next week. So thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, no worries. Have a good night. You too. Later. Thanks for listening to the Break of Wax podcast. 
please, if you enjoyed it, share it, um, send the link out, put it on your story. I welcome all feedback and comments. Send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking about, what you want to talk about. And if you want to be a guest on the show, I answer all my DMs. I think it's weird when people don't. That's another story for another day. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate the support and all the love. Peace.